This program is part of the Cosmic Potato Podcast Network. For more shows like this, visit our website at CosmicPotato.com. Hi, this is Shane. And this is Virginia. And this is Wait, You've Never Seen, a podcast dedicated to discussing well-known movies and TV shows that one of us has never seen. And today we're discussing, wait, you've never seen the Philadelphia story? Wish that was still true. <laughs> so, up front, um, first of all, this is not Philadelphia, the 1993 movie starring Tom Hanks and Denzel Washington. There's a couple of movies with a similar title. Right. I tried, after the fact, I tried Googling some stuff. I'm like, it's really difficult to find um, which that movie I have I haven't seen in a long time, but it's it's definitely a different storyline. I'm just saying, don't get them confused. I to our audience, the only similarity is that they both take place in Philadelphia, sort of. Probably. <laughs> um, this movie makes a lot of jokes about domestic violence, which I had not remembered. Like in one of the first scenes, Cary Grant pushes Catherine Hepburn down, like by her face, and she sort of, what is it? A, is it a pratfall? The way she just sort of fell backwards? Is that what that's called? Uh, yeah, I believe. I guess so. I guess you could call it that. Something I did like, though, is that when uh, Jimmy Stewart is explaining that nothing happened between him and Catherine Hepburn, he said that there are rules about kissing when a woman's been drinking, which is why he didn't kiss her because she had been drinking. So I thought that was good. I mean, that's not really a warning. That's just, you know, something that I liked about it. It wasn't all... It wasn't all, um, you know, domestic violence jokes. Right. And then finally, bringing it back around, Uncle Willie was creepy. He was creepy Uncle Willie. Um, the one who kept hitting on Liz. Yes. Yeah. So, um, creepy uncle. Watch out for that. Actual creep. So, what are three things you expected from this movie? There better be a Philly cheesesteak. <laughs> Is that is that a thing in Texas, Philly Philly cheesesteaks? I mean, I have heard tell of them. There is a place called Texadelphia <laughs> um, that I I assume sells Philly cheesesteaks. It's weird because it's not like steak like you're thinking. It's you know. Yeah. Uh, it, I'm a vegan. Don't ask me why, but I I needed to see that. Uh, the second thing, um, witty banter. Okay. Considering who we have, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and th- finally, uh, I wanted to see a... I expected to see a uh, a sexy love triangle. Uh-huh. Uh, or or shen- shenanigans. I don't know. Whatever was okay in 1940. There was a war on, after all. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Which I don't even think they... They don't reference, I don't think. Do they go, oh, this one's at war. No, well, oh no! Wait, it's nineteen forty. So. Yeah, so the war was on because we that just, started with the invasion of Poland in thirty nine. But we weren't in. We Americans weren't yes. in it until forty one. We were dutifully trying to ignore it because that's a great idea. Indeed. So, did you expect to like this old black and white rom com? Now you have turned me <laughs> into something of a fan of old timey movies. One that's not just "It's a Wonderful Life." Uh huh. <laughs> um, so again, I've 
loved all three of the leads, so uh-huh. I expected I expected it to be a great movie. I gave it four stars. Okay. Lot to live up to. So, um, for our audience, the three main leads were Cary Grant, Catherine Hepburn, Jimmy Stewart. Oh, that's right. Why'd you give me third billing? <laughs> I, I, I used to be a big star. <laughs> Don't go by this movie. Oh, that was... My Jimmy Stewart needs some work. I need a to, little. I need to call my brother. Yeah. We only speak to each other in Jimmy, <laughs> Jimmy Stewart <laughs> quotes oh from It's a Wonderful I'm gonna Life. I'm going to record you one of these days. We'll release it as a special Christmas episode. No, no, doggone it. <laughs> so, did you have... Wait, you said four stars, right? I said okay. four stars. So, your one-sentence TV guide summary. The Manhattan Project gave the world the A-bomb. The Philadelphia Project will give the world the F-bomb. <laughs> what does that even mean? I don't know. I thought it was funny. <laughs> Because they're going to be doing lots of, you know, effing. Okay. Because it's a love triangle. In 1940. <laughs> Got it. So would you like to hear what IMDb had to say? No. So, the <laughs> Philadelphia <right>. story <laughs> from 1940 is not rated. It's an hour and 52 minutes comedy romance. And it says, when a rich woman's ex-husband and a tabloid-type reporter turn up just before her planned remarriage, she begins to learn the truth about herself. That's just... Even that just sounds ponderous. <laughs> it does not sound like a rom-com at all. Like, well, I I expect like a... Like a... Fi- like she's going to be finding herself. You know, like... She's a white lady who's going to go appropriate, like, Zen Buddhism. Right. And try to meditate upon the mistakes in her life or something. Not get back together with her ex-husband. Yeah. (laughs) I I, I mean, so. So how did this meet or not meet your expectations? I reevaluated. I gave it it a generous two stars. Aww. Womp womp. Of course, it wasn't really about Philadelphia or cheesesteaks or anything like that. Right. There was a love triangle, or maybe it was a love square. I or, think it was a love square. Or hexagon, because <laughs> there's that other woman who wants to marry Jimmy Stewart's character. Right. Liz wants to marry Jimmy Stewart, but Jimmy Stewart thinks he's in love with Katherine Hepburn. But, of course, Cary Grant and what's-his-name oh. that she was actually marrying are also in love with Katherine Hepburn. So it's there's a whole lot of geometric shapes. I'm getting I'm getting bored all over. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm getting bored. Um, not it's not your fault. So I gave it two stars because I honestly I felt like I was watching everyone acting, which is these are great actors, and I don't know what I don't know what I don't know what this was. I I didn't find like the the jokes funny. <laughs> I mean the. The domestic violence jokes were obviously, you know, those aside, those are obviously not, you know. Right. Um, so, yeah, I couldn't muster up the, the will to care about these characters. Um, I honestly, I find myself laughing more during Game of Thrones. <laughs> well, it was based on a play by Philip Berry, 
and was inspired by a real live person, if you can believe it. Oh my gosh, what a nightmare of a person. (laughs) From Wikipedia, so with a grain of salt here. The character of Tracy Lord was inspired by Helen Hope Montgomery Scott. (laughs) Montgomery Scott. Look, they Uh. brought Star Trek into it. (laughs) Um, Inspired by Helen Hope Montgomery Scott, a Philadelphia... A Philadelphia social... (laughs) I was just saying before we started recording that even when we don't agree on the movies, we don't fight during (laughs) this. Well, you're provoking me now. I feel like I'm I'm antagonizing you. Okay, so you were saying. A Philadelphia socialite known for her hijinks who married a friend of playwright Philip Berry. Berry wrote the Philadelphia story specifically for Catherine Hepburn, who ended up not only starring in, but also financially backing the play, foregoing a salary in return for a percentage of the play's profits. The play was a great success on Broadway and was Hepburn's first great triumph after a number of Hollywood failures had led the independent theater owners of America to publicly deem her and a number of other film stars box office poison. (laughs) Wow. There you go. It's hard now to look back and think like Catherine Hepburn as box office poison because she's like one of the great classic movie stars. Right, but it was she, the case at that time. And she well, and she had an amazing resurgence later on. Mm-hmm. On golden, she was in on, on golden, golden pond. pond. Guess who's coming to dinner? A bunch of stuff. And she won an Oscar for both of those. I don't Can't remember. remember. <clears throat> um, I think it was on golden pond. But anyway, I kind of wondered. Yes. How many movies did Cary Grant play an ex-husband trying to get back with his wife? Because (laughs) that was also the plot for His Girl Friday. But interestingly enough, Cary Grant never played a villain. This was because the studio didn't want the audience to associate him with anything negative. The only exception is Alfred Hitchcock's Suspicion, which was in 1941, in which Cary Grant plays a husband whose wife thinks he's going to kill her. But in the end, he turns out not to be a villain at all. According to Hitchcock, the studio had ordered the film's ending changed so that Grant's heroic image would be preserved. That's annoying and short-sighted. <laughs> because some of the best acting in the world is when someone like, oh my gosh, when someone is so loved and they're able to play this person who's just like horrible. And you go, oh my goodness. That's, yeah. You know. Yeah. So, Jimmy Stewart's character, Mr. Carter, mm-hmm. his date, is that, um... Liz. What's her name? Liz. Uh, she's from Duluth, Minnesota. My mother's side of the family is from... Oh. They're from Duluth. And uh, when you're from Duluth, you kind of sound like this a little bit. Minnesota. Minnesota. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's darn near cold up there. Minnesotans have like an entirely different level of cold thermometer. Oh, you betcha. <laughs> I don't. I don't know if she she took a stab at the at the accent, though. I I did not detect it. So, can we talk about how Seth Lord, Tracy, Tracy's dad, okay, um, Catherine Hepburn's dad, was a total douchebag. He straight up blamed Tracy, Catherine Hepburn, 
for having an affair on his wife. Like, his wife understood the way things worked and that, you know, he was going to have mistresses and stuff. But it was it was Tracy's fault that he had stepped outside his marriage and gotten a mistress. Like, that's, <laughs> I don't even know where to start with that. Like, how are you going to blame your daughter for screwing around? That There's too many levels there. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a different, it's a way different time. He just doesn't want to accept responsibility for himself, which is not surprising. But yeah, <sighs> would you? Here's a question for you. Yes. If you were Catherine Hepburn, would you have called off the wedding? If I was Tracy Hepburn. Uh-huh. <laughs> so basically what happens is um, after a drunken night before um, before the wedding, um, Catherine, Jimmy Stewart ca- carries Catherine Hepburn up to her bedroom and nothing happens, but it looks very... Yeah, very suspicious. It looks very suspicious. So... Um, Catherine Hepburn's groom, what is his name? I can't remember. George Kittredge. So, it looks like something suspicious has been going on. So, the following morning, George tells Tracy, you know, you can't act like this anymore if you're going to be my wife. So, she says, well, you know, maybe I don't want to be your wife. And then decides to call off the wedding. So, like, if you had been in that situation, would you have called off the wedding? I think there's enough unresolved questions that you're not in the right state, you know, state of mind. And I think, uh, I think I, w- I guess I would. What about you? I mean, I have a thing about like I don't want to get back together with any of my ex-husbands, so I have. Phew. <laughs> Plural, two ex-husbands. <laughs> um, so I would have called off the wedding, but I wouldn't have immediately remarried my ex-husband. Like, which P.S., half of those people in there were George's guests. That's awkward. Like, how awkward is that? <laughs> You're getting married to someone not George, and they have to sit there and witness it. It's one of those, like, movie reality yeah. things, you know, like... It's like when <laughs> it's like when something in outer space happens and you know that there's no reason that uh, Han Solo and Chewie can go outside the Millennium Falcon with just those little masks on. Right. When they're inside the the and, asteroid snake or whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a silicon-based uh uh it it's a space worm. It's a space worm. <laughs> it is, essentially. Isn't there... This is a total sidetrack, but isn't there, like, a a comic or a cartoon of um, the space worm, like, calling up a delivery and, like, <laughs> yeah, we're going to need 50,000 pizzas or something, and then the other space worm is like, yeah, we'll just eat the delivery driver when he gets here so <laughs> we don't have to pay for it. Yeah, that's from Family Guy. The Family Guy did the original trilogy... That's right. Star, Star Wars is, oh my gosh. He's like, 
The worm almost gets the Millennium Falcon, but doesn't. He goes, I'm never going to get a spaceship. I'm never going to get one. <laughs> it's like, now we'll just get a takeaway. <laughs> and he puts a head, like a headset on. It's like, yeah, three million pot stickers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man. goodness me. So you had questions, I believe, about Jimmy Stewart's Best Supporting Actor um, Oscar win for this movie. Like, you couldn't believe that he had gotten a I Best Supporting Actor. I can't believe this was not shunned by everyone. <laughs> so it's, it's generally believed that, um, I mean, even by Jimmy Stewart himself, he had acted in um, Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, which we've watched, uh, which we watch for the show, mm-hmm. um, and did not receive an Oscar for that. Uh. So it, it's generally believed it was sort of a delayed, um, sort of a delayed honor for that, you know. Right, right. That's a uh, that's a common that's a common thing where you don't get it becomes the role becomes a bigger thing later. Mm-hmm. And then the... Yeah. It would be interesting. I saw somebody talking about this on Twitter, I think, and sorry, I can't remember who it was, where it would be interesting to have, like, a section of the Oscars where you look back on movies that didn't seem important at the time but are now part of, like, the cultural norm, you know? Yeah. Um, and uh, maybe some sort of uh, post-Oscar or something like that where... Yeah, we're we're recognizing we made a mistake back then, or maybe they didn't make a mistake, but now recognize the importance of particular acting performances and you know movies in general. I think that would be an interesting okay. idea. I don't know how it would play out in real life, or if that would be something that's possible. I mean, for what you're talking about, it would have to, it would almost I would almost see it as like a doc a documentary. A documentary series, maybe, where they would take um, they would take a decade or two, mm-hmm. and throughout the whole decade, like here's who won, here's what's completely forgotten, here's mm-hmm. what's still celebrated, here's what's you know what's now. You That's know, a good idea. An important thing, because really, we could only do it. You need the you need the distance, obviously. You need um, you need a retrospective look, look right. back mm-hmm. to really um, to really understand it. You know. Yeah, because I mean, just thinking of 1939, which was like as I've mentioned several times, is like the golden year for Hollywood. Uh-huh. I mean, only one movie could have won, but how are you going to pick between The Wizard of Oz? Uh, you know. Mr. Smith goes to Washington. Gone with the well, Gone with the Wind. That has a whole other issue. But um, all of these amazing movies and performances, you could only pick one for that one year. You know. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, some of these movies don't even get. Anyway, we're, uh, I think we're off on a tangent. But uh, some some movies that are like beloved w- weren't even in contention. For, right. Not not least of which is. Uh, it's a Wonderful Life. I don't believe was even up for best uh, best original uh, best movie. Um, it won for special effects. It's the only Oscar I believe it got, but I think it was mostly snubbed. You know another great movie that I don't think got any Oscars: hmm. The Princess Bride. That is, I mean, that would be like 
I think, a perfect example of what we're talking about where it's kind of a cult following, but yeah. now, at, at least people our age, I believe, reference it all the time, like, it's a know, it by, know it by heart, but I wouldn't think it would have been a... Let me look. Princess Bride Academy Awards. Yeah, I believe the Academy usually ignores comedies. There's certain genres where you really have to be, you really have to stand out. Oh, it was a nominee for Best Music Original Song for the song Storybook Love. I don't remember there being a song in there. Oh, is that the very, that horrible song at the very end? That Maybe. Like with, um, that goes with the credits. Oh, maybe so. Bing, dang, dang, dang. That one? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yes, I do now. <laughs> um, okay. So, are we ready to go to the Bechdel test, or do you have more to say on that score? I, I'm, I'm good. So, for the Bechdel test, obviously this whole movie is about a wedding, which is a lot of talking about men. Um, but at the very beginning of the movie, um, the three women, well, the two women and one teenager, um, of the family. So it was Margaret is the mom, Mm. Tracy is one of the daughters, Catherine Hepburn, and then Dinah is the younger daughter. And so right at the very beginning of the movie, one of them walks in and Catherine is, or Tracy is doing the crossword puzzle and she says like what's a seven letter word for blah 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 and her mom is like oh it's blah 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 most of the rest of the time they're talking about <laughs> wedding plans right and stuff like that and there's the one reference that's not <laughs> so i mean yeah they do a lot of talking but not always not about men that was a lot of double negatives i understand where you're going um where you're coming from so I like that they, they talk to each other. I just wish, wish it was more diverse in the um, topic of conversation. Well, I mean, there's so much going on in Tracy's life. You would think you would think the mother would be like, hey, let's can we talk about you and what you really want? Because this is, I mean, yeah, I guess it would be part of that could obviously have to do with talking about men. But just like, hey, are you okay? Yeah. <laughs> Should we have a cup of tea and and talk about your day? (laughs) Right. There was a lot going on. So um, my opinion has changed a little bit on this movie. um, because There really were were just jokey domestic violence jokes. Like, oh, I'm going to smack you. Or um, once you're married, then your husband will, you know, be able to do whatever. Or literally pushing her down onto the floor. Like... I mean, I might watch it if it comes up on, like, TCM or something, but it's mm-hmm. not going to be one of those, oh, my God, I love it so much, and we have to watch it. Like, I'm good on the domestic violence shows, thanks. Um, Are there any pop culture references you now understand? Yes, and this is kind of weird. It's not exactly a pop culture reference. Mm-hmm. Are you familiar with the porn star Tracy Lords? I am not. <laughs> so porn stars often have like names that are sort of like famous people. Right. And there was one like in the- Wesley Pipes. <laughs> 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 
Britney Spears, I think. <laughs> Something like that. I believe that's... <sighs> so, yeah, there was a porn star called Tracy Lords, and... It, there was a, a giant scandal in the in the pornography world because for many years for I I'm not sure how many years but anyway she was she was underaged and used a fake ID to get into porn I'm now I believe it's a it's a long story I won't get into it but um, she was um, <laughs> She was in X-rated movies, including uh, Beverly Hills Copulator. Oh, wow. That's a classic. Porn in the USA. Oh, of course. The Trouble with Tracy. The tr- not The Trouble with Tribbles? Nah. <laughs> I, I can only assume that's Star Trek, uh, <laughs> a whole Star Trek thing. Um, so she made 18 films where she was under the legal age of 18. Do so, I want to ask what you, how old she was when she started? Let's see. I 19. mean, not that it matters how old she was, but I'm wondering, is, it, is this 18 movies between the ages of 14 and 18, or 18 movies in between the ages like 17 and 18? Well, she was born in 1968, so it looks like she was... Um, it looks like she was about six. She was sixteen. Sixteen. She was sixteen. Um, nineteen, nineteen porn movies in two years is not a whole. Is not a whole lot. <laughs> really, that seems like it would be. I mean, I know they're low budget and stuff, but that and still seems out, like a lot. lot. Of, crank out a lot of them. But what? What was? Um, what sort of? I hate to use the word interesting. What she was able to do, I'll put it that way, when she did become 18, and then it came out that, okay, she um, she is now only now 18 years old. Mm-hmm. Every movie you have now is illegal, and that's, you know, child pornography, and everyone has to get rid of it now. Mm-hmm. She formed her own production company, made one more movie There was all hers and it was the only Tracy Lord's movie you could get and I haven't seen this <laughs> I, I hasten to add but you heard tell of it, it yeah <laughs> it's an amazing story because like you know at one in one in one sense obviously she's a victim but she was able to turn it around and be like she, she was able to take control of that situation and you know regain part of her you know part of her life back by oh so she wasn't i mean obviously minors can't consent she was being um exploited as a minor then like she didn't really there's there's very there's lots of confusion because obviously the porn people are like well that's not true and she tricked us uh, which how does a 16 year old trick a bunch of Dirty old men. Yeah, and of course you would say that because you'd be going to jail as a child pornographer. Right. I think as a result, there's all these laws now about having to keep uh, records for a certain number of years. Uh There's this whole, like, it sort of changed. It was, in, in one respect, I guess it was a good, there was good that came out of it because there's now laws that say, no, you need to be very specific about, you know. 
the age of people in the movies. Yeah, because, I mean, sex work is work and it's valid work, but it also needs to be engaged in by people who can legally do it. Amen. <laughs> um, how would the movie be different with today's technology? I just have one very specific thing. It seems like a rich person. You know how there was that confusion about what happened the night that Jimmy, St- that Mr. Carter, um, you know, dealt with the drunk. What's her name? Hepburn's character. Tracy Lord. Tra- <laughs> Wh- oh my god. <laughs> It's like my brain does not work properly. I just talked for 15 minutes about <laughs> Tracy Lords. I can't. Oh. So, yes, there was some confusion about what happened that night between Tracy and Mr. Carter. So, this rich person's house, I imagine, would just be, like, all, like, camered up. Mm-hmm. And there would be lots of, like, uh, you know, security features and oh, whatnot. Oh, right. So, we can go right to the Nest, you know. Surveillance cam. Yeah, the, uh, what's that, that Nest something that you can get on your phone, you can get all of the cameras in your house. Oh, I haven't heard of this. Yeah. My sister actually has it. She was, anyway, she was visiting from Ireland and she, like, picked up her phone and she's like, look, this, here's my living room. Wow. <laughs> Three, four thousand miles away or whatever it was. Was she on the lookout for otters? Wait, it wasn't an otter. What was it? Oh, Oh, jeez. Yeah, what was it? There was a creature that invaded her home via the toilet. Um, and it was like a uh, uh, a mink. Mink, that's what it was. It was a mink. That's got to be call- terrifying. <laughs> she called me and she's like, there, there's something in the bathroom. I don't know what it is. And she cracked the door open and all she said to me was, I see a face. But <laughs> <laughs> it's not... <laughs> What you that want. is not what you want to hear. Not in the middle of the night. Not when she's she's the only adult left in the house. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Sorry, Anne. We don't mean to laugh at your pain. Oh my goodness. What I was thinking was yeah. there was that moment of confusion about um, Tracy's dad. Where they let Uncle Willie pretend to be the dad until oh, the right. dad showed up. Right. Any tabloid reporter would go on the Google machine yep. and look up Seth Lord and up would pop a picture that is most assuredly not Uncle Willie. Right. There was no attempt made to make him look like right. <laughs> Mr. Lord. Anything else? Oh, that's that's uh, that's plenty. This movie took took a little bit out of me. I'm sorry to hear that. That won't be the same. So that about wraps it up. You can find us on a bunch of platforms like iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, Overcast. We're also on the Cosmic Potato Podcast Network at CosmicPotato.com. Rough transcripts and links to what we talked about are available on our website at WaitYou'veNeverSeen.com. We're on Facebook and Twitter under WaitYNS, and you can also email us at WaitYou'veNeverSeen at gmail.com. Leave us some feedback and let us know if you have any suggestions for movies we should watch. That's our show for today. Thanks for listening. 